Last week on the show, we covered permanent contraceptive procedures in women. This week, Hannah chats to Brett about his experience with vasectomy. Hi guys, my name is Hannah and I'm a doctor working in sexual and reproductive healthcare. Today on the show, we are discussing vasectomy. Now, vasectomy is important to know about because it is the most reliable form of contraception that is available to men. In Australia, approximately one in four men over the age of 40 have actually had a vasectomy, and about 30,000 men have a vasectomy in Australia each and every year. Later in the episode, I'm going to have a chat with Brett, who is one of these many thousands of Australian men who has had a vasectomy, just to get an idea of what his experience was like, why he chose to have one, and the practicalities surrounding it. Before we do that, however, I just wanted to give you some background, I suppose. I always find it helpful to go back to basics. I just want to run through some very simple anatomy that will help you kind of understand exactly what a vasectomy is and how and why it works. So sperm are formed in the testes. And as you know, sperm are the actual reproductive material in semen. So semen has lots of different stuff in it, but the sperm are what actually carries the potential to reproduce or make human life. So from the testes, they then enter this coiled kind of tubal structure, which is called the epididymis. And lots of people may have heard of an epididymis before because uh, for some people it can be injured or infected. So for that reason, some people have heard of it, but don't stress if you haven't, it's not super important to know about. After the sperm enter the epididymis, they then go into the vas deferens. Now, the vas deferens is important because this is the structure that is actually operated on during a vasectomy. So vas deferens, vasectomy, it kind of makes sense. The vas deferens is basically just a 30 centimeter, roughly, muscular tube, and it carries the sperm from that epididymis that we were just talking about, and it eventually joins up with the duct of another very important structure, which is called the seminal vesicle. And I know this seems like a whole lot of detail and I apologize if it's a bit dry. So basically it joins with the seminal vesicle and these are glands that sit just underneath the bladder uh, and they produce a lot of the other fluid that is in sperm. And when they join together, they form what's called the ejaculatory duct. So then the ejaculatory duct passes through the prostate. And this step is really important because a whole bunch of fluid is added at this point to protect the sperm from the very acidic environment of the vagina. So if not for this step, it's highly unlikely that sperm would ever survive in the vagina to even make it through to the uterus or fallopian tube to cause pregnancy. After it's been through the prostate, the semen then passes through the penis or the penile urethra and it empties into the desired location. So I guess in this situation, we're obviously talking about a vagina because that's how pregnancy occurs. So basically the vas deferens is a really important tube that is required for male reproductive function. So it's essential for men to be able to impregnate someone to have a patent vas deferens. So this is why during a vasectomy, the vas deferens is interrupted. So they do something to kind of make sure that that tube is no longer patent so sperm can't go through it. So it basically means that the person after a vasectomy, they retain normal sexual function. So they're still able to have sex as normal. They can still do everything as usual, but the semen that they produce no longer has any sperm in it. So there's no actual reproductive material in the ejaculate. So that's kind of how it works. 
There are two types of vasectomy procedure. The conventional or kind of older procedure basically requires two small incisions to be made in the scrotum, and this is to allow the doctor that's performing the procedure to access the vas deferens, and they transect them basically or cut them. A newer technique was developed in China, and it's now widely used in Australia. And this is the no scalpel technique, which is you know, sounds really appealing to a lot of people. Basically, the no scalpel technique requires a puncture through the scrotal skin overlying the vas deferens, and it's equally as effective, but it just it carries a lower risk of bleeding, infection, and post-operative pain. So it's become kind of the more popular option. During the vasectomy procedure, usually a small segment of the vas deferens is removed and then the ends of the duct that remain inside the body, they're usually occluded. So they do something to make sure that those tubes aren't patent. So I thought it would be really helpful, yeah, just to get an idea from somebody who has had a vasectomy, been through the procedure. So I'm going to have a chat with Brett now. So I'm joined by Brett and Brett actually underwent a vasectomy at age 29. Before we start, Brett, can you just tell us a bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, I'm just about to turn 31 now. The vasectomy was two years mm-hmm. ago. Uh, I've got two girls, six and two. Uh, I've got a partner Lovely. that I've been with for 10 years. I work full time. I'm a contractor for defense basically and I'm a full-time trader. Good stuff. So when it came to deciding on a type of contraception for you and your partner who you've obviously been with for a long time what was kind of the most important thing for you guys? I guess reliability for one. Yep. Just check that it was actually working and just you know ease of you like how easy it was you know free of hassle yeah. didn't want to have to constantly worry about it. We were yep. 100% happy that we're done with children we didn't want any more yep. so we didn't want to have Good. to, yeah, we didn't, we basically just didn't want to worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's, I guess, one of the big advantages about yeah. vasectomy. It's kind yeah, of it's done. done and then um, you can forget about it. Yeah. Basically forget about it. Uh, hopefully don't have to worry about it again. And yep. I guess we chose that over Erin getting her tube tied or something, basically, because it's a lot less invasive. It's a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. And Erin had dealt with contraceptions for, you know, all yeah. her adult life. Yeah, your turn to have a go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's good. And so had you, because obviously there's lots of other types of contraception too that are just as effective as vasectomy but potentially reversible as well. Yeah. Had you guys thought um, about those or used any of those in the past? Yeah, well, you know, Erin had been on and off a pill basically since we've been together in between having children and then, yeah. for, you know, always condoms in and out between when the pill's working and when it's not working. Um, but, yeah, you know, Erin didn't want to take a tablet every day anymore. And yeah. it's just, yeah, it was just the easiest option. It was, you know, done once, um, check, you know, six months after and then hopefully not have to worry about it ever again. Yeah, cool. And so you've got two girls. How yep. old are they? Uh, six and two. Okay. So was it pretty soon after your second daughter that you uh, had the Yeah, procedure my second done? daughter would have been about four weeks. Okay. <laughs> uh, we'd, nice. We'd actually already started talking about it while my partner was pregnant. 
um, right, okay. to figure out what we were going to do. And then uh, within about half an hour of giving birth, my partner's like, yep, you can get the mastectomy now. <laughs> yeah, it's a good time to reassess things, isn't it? Straight <laughs> after you've had a baby and you remember yeah. the, the, the ups and downs of it, I guess. Yeah. That's good. And did it, I guess, did it make you guys nervous at all knowing that, you know, vasectomy is considered a permanent type of contraception? Um, we thought about it. We, you know, we respected the decision and we did think about it for a while, but no, like we were, when we first met, my partner always wanted three kids and then after one child, that quickly changed to two. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then after two, we were both happy and we are now and, you know, we haven't thought about it again. Uh, yeah. We haven't thought about it. And also it is, you know, irreversible, but if we did want to have another child, there were still ways around it. Um, yeah. If, if for whatever reason something drastic changed and we did change our mind, which hasn't happened. Yeah. There's yeah. no, at this stage we don't see anything making it change, but there are still other ways for us to have a baby. Yeah. For sure, yeah. And just on that, did you, when you went to talk to a doctor about having a vasectomy, did they talk to you about the potential for reversal if you did uh, change your mind? Yep. So I first went and saw a GP uh, and the GP mm -hmm. is like, you know, the GP wasn't very keen on it because I was under 30. Yep. She still referred me to a surgeon. Um, the surgeon said the vasectomy he performs are uh, most likely unreversible due to the amount he takes out, uh, which we were happy yeah. with. Um, but then he's also informed us that, you know, there's still other ways like IVF. Uh, they can attempt reversal. If it's not successful, then they can do IVF and other things for us to still have a child. So we did yeah, look okay. at the options, but yeah. not something we ever see that we'll use yeah yeah and i guess that's the best place to be and i guess if you're deciding for a vasectomy you kind of want to be not planning on having a reversal so that's, yeah that's good yeah, but so it's, it's also not, helpful to know what the options are i guess so, yeah they, they did give yeah. us the options but yeah it's not something we were we're, we're looking yeah. at yeah and you mentioned you saw a surgeon what do you know what kind of surgeon it was uh, I don't know specifically. Uh, I know he does vasectomies, he does uh, like weight loss surgery, so gastric bands and that. Okay. So I think he might have been right. a general surgeon that has then picked up this, this capability. Yeah. Yep. So just for listeners who may not be aware, there's quite a few different healthcare professionals that you can access vasectomy through. So common ones are urologists, general surgeons, some gynecologists actually apparently do them too, but I've not come across any in my area, but also some GPs and family planning clinics and stuff like that. So when you had your procedure done, there's two types of vasectomy. There's like the conventional kind of older procedure where they make two incisions and stitch, put a couple of stitches in at the end, or there's the, the no scalpel technique. Uh, do you know I definitely one? got a scalpel. Uh, so yeah, okay. there, was, there was an incision on either side uh, and then they took out yeah, yeah. a length of the, the vas, I believe it was called. And yeah, yep. that's what I had done. Good stuff. Yeah. Okay. Just with, can you talk us through like the day you went to have the procedure done? Uh, what happened for you? Yeah, How did so, it all go? Uh, mine was in his private surgery. My partner drove me in. We dropped off our oldest child. Uh, she still had our youngest. It was yeah, around four weeks in a baby carrier. Before I had my, you know, I had my consultation about a week beforehand and then so I was going in for the procedure this day. Uh, I had a Valium and a Padadine 4 on the way in. 
Uh, I was told, you know, take the Panadine Fort regardless. And if you're anxious, take the volume. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm a bit of a fainter, so I took the volume. Yeah, uh, good call. Uh, so we're there waiting in the waiting room. Uh, the volume was kicking in. I was rather giggly and happy. Got called into mm -hmm. the surgery, uh, laid down. Uh, they placed a, and then they literally went on with the procedure. Uh, it was two small incisions. The surgeon was talking to me the whole time. The nurse was checking I was all right, giving me water and that. Um, yeah. The surgeon did his thing, stitched me up, and then I reckon I was out within about 15 minutes. Oh, really? Yeah, Super just quick. Like, yeah, just a local anaesthetic and then yeah, on my way, yeah. my partner drove me home. And do you remember, obviously, so you were awake for the procedure, so you would have had some local anaesthetic. Yeah. Do you remember that being painful or was it okay? No. I, the, do you not remember? <laughs> no, I, I remember most of it. It wasn't, it wasn't painful. Like, you know, it just felt like a very like probably less than a normal vaccine as well, just like a tiny sting. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, the feeling of a local anaesthetic's weird because, you, you know, feel people tugging and pulling, but you don't know what's going on. Um, yeah. You know, it feels like they're pulling something out of your stomach, but it, was, mm. it wasn't painful. Like it wasn't, you know, the needle wasn't bad at all. And then apart from that, you don't feel anything due to the local. Yeah. So it was obviously all over pretty quickly for you. Yeah. What was the the recovery like after you left the surgery? Yeah. So that afternoon, of course, was just on the lounge, uh, icing, uh, trying to reduce the swelling <laughs> and having some you know, Panadol and I was given some Panadine Fort. So I literally only use a Panadine Fort that afternoon. And apart from that, it was mainly just Panadol at night for the next couple of nights and just icing frequently throughout the day uh, yeah. and keeping you know, relatively less active for the next few days. But then within seven days, I'd say, I was at back to 100% and running and doing everything I'd normally do. Oh, wow. Yeah, pretty quick. Yeah. So did you need to take time off work as well? Uh, I did have a week off work. It was aligned with a long weekend and everything and took a few extra days off anyway. Yeah. I probably could have gone back after the long weekend. I, mm -hmm. uh, I know some, some of my friends have had it done and then played footy two days later uh, and oh some have been bedridden for a week. Yeah. I know a few friends have had it done and there's been, you know, everywhere in between. Yeah, I guess it's like anything. There's always variability in how it's going to affect different individuals. But yeah. it sounds like in general, people tolerate it pretty well. Yeah, so I'd say mine was pretty average after three days. I was, I was fine. Yeah. And they kind of mentioned the common things you can expect after a vasectomy, uh, just like some bruising and stuff yeah. like that. Did uh, you have any... Yeah, it, yeah, it was, you know, it was pretty bruised for the next couple of days and there was mm -hmm. a fair bit of swelling for yeah, yeah. the first two or three days. But, yeah, which we just frequent icing uh, the old rotate the bag of frozen peas through the freezer and yeah. ice it. Uh, I, I, I found, like, you know, if I was sitting down or I wasn't doing much, it was fine. But then for the first few days, if I got up and I went out and I was doing things and I was just walking around for, you know, an hour or two, I'd have to sit down and, and get the bag of peas out again. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah, pretty pretty easy to recover from. Yeah, that's good because I think that's one of the things that kind of makes a lot of men anxious about doing it, what the recovery is going to be like and what it means for them long term. Yeah, um, was, did you have any complications afterwards? Uh, no, I had zero complications. So I went back to my GP seven days after just for a general checkup to check that everything was going as it should be um, and there was no issues mm -hmm. and then it was back to work and life as normal. 
Fabulous. You mentioned that you had to go back to the surgeon. Was it six months uh, later? No, I didn't have to go back to the surgeon, but I had to do a fertility test after six months. Yeah. So okay. we were told to continue our normal course of contraception uh, until we had the fertility test, uh, which basically just checks any mature semen in the system is gone. Uh, and then, yeah. yeah, you do a fertility test at, I believe mine was six months, get the test back and that was it. And we got the results we wanted. Uh, and then, Wonderful. Yeah. Easy as. <laughs> so yeah. I think a lot of, yeah, I think there's a bit of variability between that timing of when you go back. Some people... Some doctors say come back at three months and they do the fertility test. And I think about 80% of people will have no sperm in the semen by that point. Yeah. But obviously that leaves 20% that will need that bit longer. So maybe yeah. some some doctors just say six months, make it easy, yeah, I think, avoid I, you coming back and forth. I think the surgeon actually gave me a window. He goes, you know, anywhere from three months onwards. But um, yeah. the test itself actually had a lot of requirements. Right. Like, yeah, just the getting the semen to a lab with meeting their conditions was also a bit of a, you know, you had Got to you, basically yeah. block out a week to figure out when you could do it. Right. And then, yeah. But, yeah, okay. I'm pretty sure the surgeon said not before three months and then, yeah, try and get yeah. for around six months, so. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I guess if there's all those requirements, it's just easier to only have to do it once. So yeah. leaving it a bit later might be better. Yeah. And if you've got something, you know, something else contraceptive-wise to help you in the meantime, yeah. what's another couple of months, I guess? Yeah, that was yeah. fine. Like, well, we just went back to our just normal contraception to just be sure and then we just waited yeah. until we could get the chance for the fertility test. Yeah, and I think that's a really common, like in terms of vasectomy failing, it's obviously really rare, but the times that it does fail, I think one of the common reasons is people don't go back for that follow-up test or, you know, they don't use a different type of contraception while they're waiting for the results. So, yeah, um, yeah well yeah, done for doing it, that. It, it wasn't a risk we were willing to take. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Do you mind if I ask how much the procedure cost for you? Uh, it was around $800 to $1,000. I can't remember exactly. Uh, we didn't okay. get anything back through private healthcare or anything. Uh, that's what it cost us. Yeah. But, yeah, I think it was it was under $1,000. Yeah, yeah. So even, I mean, there's certainly places you can get it a bit cheaper than that. But yeah. I guess at the end of the day, when you're looking at a, a lifelong form of contraception, it's probably worth the money, you yeah, know, pills um, and all that other stuff adds up over time. Yeah, and so. yeah like, like we said, just the convenience of it from once it is done and, you know, tested, it's not something you have to worry about ever again. Um, you know, yeah, it's just not something that we have to think about anymore. So it's done. We don't have to worry about if my partner misses a pill or or if she's sick and she can't take the pill, you know, it's just not something we've got to worry about anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. And I guess a question that a lot of men want to know, and feel free not to answer this if you don't want to, but did you notice any change in your sexual function, arousal, uh, any of that after the procedure? No, I, I noticed absolutely zero changes in the long yep. term, absolutely zero. Of course, for the first week, it's not the first thing on your mind. But, um, yes, for sure. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, long term, I've had absolutely no hassles or thoughts or anything, any issues. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, it sounds like you've had the, the best experience you could <laughs> kind of hope for, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, you know, it's given us everything we wanted. So. Yeah, it's wonderful. Now, do you have anything else you would add or if, you know, someone was thinking about having a vasectomy, anything you would tell them? Um, or? <laughs> I don't know. It, 
everyone's case is different. I guess one of the reasons mm. I did it was for my partner. Like it's a lot less in, invasive than if she was to have a similar procedure done for her. I know friends whose female partners have got it done because they were having a, a cesarean. So it was one of those things that they mm. literally got it done at the same time. Whereas yeah. my partner wasn't having a cesarean, so she's like, no, that's not an option. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she literally turned me, she's like, I've been on the pill for, you know, all my adult life. Mm -hmm. She's like, you can have a turn at this. I'm like, okay. Yeah, yeah sure. after it was done, it was pretty easy for me to organise. We found a surgeon. I actually got mm -hmm. in really quickly. and Yeah, it yeah was, sounds like it a week between the yeah. consult and having it done. That's pretty good. <laughs> I was expecting it to be like, because I was about to go away for a while as well, I was expecting it to be five or six weeks later, but they're like, oh, we've actually had a cancellation. We can get you in. Oh, um, perfect. So That's went a new in, one. Um, there was no chance to back out there. But, yeah, yeah I actually spoke to a few of my own mates and that of varying ages that had had it done. I had a mate who was quite a bit older and then had remarried and that's how I knew you could have um, IVF after it because he had to actually have IVF to have a baby with his new partner. Um, right. And then I had I had a mate who actually had two vasectomies because his first one failed. Oh, no. So there was a few of my mates that I could actually speak to and had heard of different experiences and then me and my partner sat down and discovered that this would be the option we wanted for both of us. So that's what we went yeah. with. Yeah, it's excellent. It really helps, I think, having people who have been there and done it and kind of normalises it for you. So yeah, it's a it, bit less scary. And that was it. And yeah. like some of the questions you ask, like, you know, does it does it affect you at all? Did you notice any differences? I guess as a, you know, relatively young male, asking them and them telling them that it's all fine, I guess it helped made yeah. it easier in my mind as well. For sure, yeah. And just um, on, you know, your age, did you have any trouble kind of with doctors approving you for the, this um, procedure given that you are under 30? My GP really drove it home that she's like, you know, you are relatively young, you know, this is what you want to do. Uh, and when I told her the reason, she she was still sceptical but, you know, still did what she was meant to and referred me and all that. And the surgeon, uh, the surgeon had zero issues with it. He goes, you know, it's not my decision to decide. He goes, as long as you're informed and, you know, he informed me of everything and all the options and everything. Uh, and yeah, the surgeon didn't have a problem with it. He told me of other cases, mm -hmm. he's performed it on some people younger and, you know, some people really old uh, and they all had their own valid reasons. And that's all he was looking yeah. for. Yeah, I think that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. You obviously need to make decisions about your own reproductive capacity and what your plans for family are in the future and that sort of thing. It's a really interesting discussion, actually, because I know it's significantly more difficult for women under 30 to, to get tubal ligations and surgical or permanent contraception. It seems to be a lot easier for men, which um, is a bit interesting. Really. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I guess I don't know. The complications of that with the female side but i don't maybe because mm. it is a lot less invasive and there's normally yeah. a lot less complications but yeah i think it comes down to everyone's right and what they think they want to do for themselves and as long as they're making an informed decision yeah yeah for sure well that's wonderful thank you so much for sharing a bit of your story with us no worries you too and i hope you have a good break thank you very much If you're considering vasectomy, have a chat to your GP and they can refer you to a trained clinician in your local area. This might be a general surgeon, a urologist, 
maybe a family planning clinic. Some GPs do them themselves. So there's great variability and it just depends a little bit on where you live. If you want some further information about vasectomy, some good resources include Andrology Australia, Australian Urology Associates, Mari Stopes Australia and Family Planning New South Wales. And I've put the links to all of these websites in the show notes. Thanks guys. Bye. You to you, you to me, you to us is a podcast for general discussion only. Nothing we talk about should be taken as personal medical advice and it does not substitute information or instructions given to you by your own doctor. If the podcast raises any questions or concerns for you, please see your GP, sexual health or family planning clinic. For general discussion, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. And please stop trusting strangers on the internet with your health. This podcast is a production of Simo Interactive, home of the My Millennial Money podcast. 